I mean, we're doing book festivals, we're doing signings, we're doing conventions, and we're just trying to do everything. Uh, we're, we're, we're trying to do is that, so we see that I have this new shirt on Comicsburg. So that's what, we're, that's what we call ourselves now. So we're trying to revitalize the arts in Pittsburgh. There are so many artists and writers and musicians and, and, and comics and everything is going on in Pittsburgh and no one knows about it. Like people come up to our table. We didn't know you got the people make comic books in Pittsburgh. Like. nerds and future nerds it's marcus here back at the vf comics podcast and with me i have megan hey this is megan how's it going guys and we're back here again with guest marvin Wynn. what's going on marvin is the creator and author of the edge an ongoing comic series at second sight publishing and we have him back on this week because he has a kickstarter that is starting up very very soon that we want to talk to him about uh, before we start to talk about the Kickstarter, though, for the uninitiated, Marvin, tell us a little bit about what the comic series The Edge is all about. Sure. So the basic what's going on in the book is that the drug is called The Edge. Um, it can grant special abilities. Um, but one of the little pieces of that is that it could drive you insane or kill you or it could do both. Uh, there's a lot of consequences behind these getting these special powers. I mean, it's something you can't learn, something you can't control. So it just goes crazy from 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 jump from from page one on. It's just a lot of insanity going on with these abilities and trying to keep it a secret, which you know you can't really keep secrets in in the world anymore. Definitely not. And I remember <clears throat> reading the first couple of issues, and it's not really about like the powers you know, like an outbreak of the powers, it's partially a rev a revenge story, would you say? Start right, out? Yeah, so, so the first arc uh, features the lead villain, Revenant, whose ability is to duplicate himself from a single drop of blood. And he wants to get at his hand, his former handler, because he, he wasn't a government assassin. He decides he doesn't work, want to work for anybody anymore. He wants to work for himself. So it's about... Uh, him trying to get hit his former handler Tartable, and Tartable puts a team in between them. So you, it goes on like that from there. And it's it's not really a story about good versus evil. It's all those gray areas because everybody's going to try to do anything they can to survive in these kind of situations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a I very like that. realistic take on that because you know it, it'd be nice to it, it's optimistic. I think I remember talking to someone about DC versus Marvel, and it's an argument that I don't mm -hmm. necessarily like. But it was that, you know, 
DC characters like uh, Superman there who you look up to and you aspire to be, but Iron Man is probably who you're going to turn out to be an alcoholic with superpowers (laughs) instead of just a super nice guy with powers. Um, So I really like that uh, viewpoint. So you've already released several issues so far, um, but you have a Kickstarter going up for... Well, I'll just let you tell us all about it. So what is your new Kickstarter all for? So the Kickstarter is going to be for the first issues in trade format. Um, Not only will you get the first four issues in trade, there are going to be three previews of one-shots that are currently in production. Uh, We've got, uh, there's going to be a Revenant story. Uh, There's going to be a story called Rush and a story called Angel Wings. So the Rush story takes place here in Pittsburgh, where someone has gotten their hands on a untainted vial of the edge, and they're auctioning it off to the highest bidder. So multiple factions are going to descend on the city, and then chaos happens from there. Uh, the Angel Wing story is about a former uh, Master Chief in the Air Force who finds out that there may be weapons of destruction somewhere in Dubai. These weapons of mass destruction turn out to be people who have been are in the last stages of the infection of the edge and they're dying. So he's he uh, forms up with his former uh, paramilitary team who are all wounded soldiers. So they've all got mechanical parts, uh, hands, hips, feet, arms, and they're going into by to uh, find out what's going on. And there's a team that's been uh, put in place to stop them from finding out the secrets. Oh, wow. Yeah, that actually sounds like a really interesting take on that. Um, so I guess the, like the, you know, kind of cybernetic implants are the, maybe the government's response to people who are infected with the edge instead of trying to put their people with the edge. Right. Okay. So there's going to be a lot of things going there. So each one of these stories takes place between the arcs. So the first arc is four issues and then the rush story happens. And then the next arc is five issues and then the the um the revenant story happens and then the next one is the angel wing story okay very cool is it now i remember last time That's you were on too we talked about there's a youtube series uh heroinberg and yes. now is if I, i'm trying to just remember off the top of my head i actually didn't write this down uh <laughs> but isn't one of those going to kind of cross over with heroinberg is that what something yeah. you were thinking about yes the rush story will feature characters from heroinberg so we'll it's, it's just going to be the same because we're going to absorb some of the campy nature of, of the video series into the story where there will be two of the characters from Heronburg fighting continuously. Like there'll be, you'll, there'll be a scene where people are riding past and you'll see them fighting in the background. And then there'll be in another location and they're still yes. fighting in the background. So we're, we're going to just I embrace the, the campy nature of that, of that series into the story. Heck yeah. That's, so that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And, um, that's Megan, I, I I I can't remember if you were here or not, but remind us uh, what the basic premise behind Heroinberg is, just for those who are new and are interested in expanding that universe. So it is a live action video series set here in a fantastic uh, form of Pittsburgh featuring all female superheroes. So what happens is a meteorite explodes above the city and any any woman who picks up, touches, eats, uh, some in some way gets the, the, the meteorite, they, they gain superpowers. So there, of course, there's factions that are set up. There's the Black Faction, which are the villains, and then the Heroin League are, are the heroes. And there's a lot of trading sides, and there's a few people on one side who's really on the other side. 
a lot of mercenaries. There's a lot going on. I play a character named Corban on the show. I am a uh, I play an evil guy on the, on, on the show, and I also, I also do second cast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool, and it's it's it. I think it's really great, and I think I commended you for this, and I've honestly commended a lot of the guests that we've had on in that there's a lot of cooperation between a lot of independent creators and mm-hmm. I love it. Like you guys are all so just good to each other. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's inspiring to see. Um, so uh, on to again, to the Kickstarter though. So mm-hmm. do you have some, besides the actual trade itself, are there any other cool incentives or potential stretch goals that you definitely have or are thinking about doing depending on what kind of money you get? So um, we, I haven't really got into the stretch goals yet. I I, mean, I think there are some things that I want to do, but I, I've pretty much thrown most every, everything into the <laughs> rewards tiers of the of the, of the thing. So we've got uh, for, uh we we made it, we uh, had deal with Coffee on Comics. They're a uh, comic based coffee company out of Florida. So we have the Edge Coffee. So they're little sample bags. Actually, look, I've got one right here. So I've got some bags. I, I actually got the bags yesterday so this is what it looks like nice oh that's so cool oh my god that's right uh, yeah so there's coffee oh god, in there cool. so you can read the edge and drink the edge so this this reward will come with yes. a print of this print Oops, and that's i just awesome. dropped it and this one so you'll get two <laughs> prints uh with, with the coffee uh besides that we're going to we have a silver foil cover um and i've got that one right here so that's the silver foil cover oh nice oh nice and on the back is the, that's the cover for the trade oh and i love that cover and we're uh bohemian raspy ending it up here <laughs> so it's, 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 it's kind of funny is that when we were originally working on this this was going to be the cover for the coffee and when mark sent it to me and then i sent it to um uh, Edward for colors, and it came back. I'm like, this has to be the cover for the trade. It is so weird and different that we just had to make it the cover for the trade and just move something else. We have we have so much art that's just sitting on on like my Google Drive. I'm like, uh, well, maybe we'll use this for this and use this for this, and and just switch things around and just see what works. So besides the cover, we'll have silver foil covers. We have a gold foil cover, um, and. Yeah, so there's a, there's a gold foil cover that features a fight. Uh, it's all fire, uh, a fight between Revenant and uh, Blaine. And when I sent that to Luis, I just told him, just make a lot of fire around everything. And it came out so good. And then the gold foil looks so good, too. So then we'll have a four-part cover. So it's a connecting cover that will cover all four issues. That'll be, that that might switch to one of the uh, stretch goals because it's, it's something that I've been wanting to do for a while. We did one for the first issue that was three parts, but this one's going to cover all four issues. So there'll be a print available for that. And we'll have trading. Well, we were going to do trading cards. So we did do trading cards. And I yes. don't know if I really like it. <gasps> so <or not>. cool. <laughs> what? I do. <laughs> so so we, we may do eight by 10 postcards instead mm-hmm. and, do, and do like a foil enhancement order or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just recently decided to do bookmarks and then we're going to do sticker sheets. Oh yeah. So we'll have hey, everybody two loves stickers. Birds. That is amazing. Yeah, we'll have two different birds. Yeah, everybody everyone loves stickers, stickers except for a little girl. Just, we were at a convention, uh, two weeks ago or last weekend, uh, was it still city Con? 
And the little girl came up to the table with her parents and I said, hey, do you want stickers? And she says, no. I was like, what do you mean, no? I don't want to like stickers. And her mother Excuse said, there's stickers. Me. You don't want them? She goes, no. And she like hides at her mother. I'm like, oh, she's shy. That's all. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny because like, like, as an adult, like it. I now, for stickers for things that I've bought or gotten, like uh, I, had, I had gotten this one order, uh, Curses, uh, was a book um, we had their uh, creators on as well. And when it came in, it came with stickers and I've been, I'm slapping that. So I'm probably going to get whatever level you give stickers with <laughs> so I can add yeah. that to uh, my Chromebook I here. stickers. Um, I'm Heck all yeah. about that. Um, that poor little girl. Same. She's just shy. <laughs> what do you mean? You want well, it's, it's funny that like, there's a lot of like, so like the other little girl came past. She was in a stroller. I'm waving at her and she's like hiding in her stroller. I'm like, oh. Oh. Like this got to be like it's got to be a lot, a lot nerving because there's there were so many people at this show and it's just a packed yeah. show. So they have an issue with with traffic. So uh, as like as you go back towards a celebrity area, they had Chevy Chase was their uh, their big get for the uh, show oh this year. God. So they had wow. like a reunion of um, Lampoon. So they had multiple actors from across the, the different movies. And on as you're going back on one side there's a bar on the other side there's food so you've got a complete and total cluster of people in this one area and no one can get through and it works out for us because people are just standing there I'm like hey you want you like comics mm-hmm. here. we yes. got comics for you oh no you've got chevy chase between uh food and alcohol i'm not sure if that's the place he needed to be i'm making judgments huh? i don't know chevy uh, of course i don't <laughs> but i've heard things um <laughs> Yeah, man, it's so funny when you uh, you were saying, was it last week or the weekend before? And if I remember correctly, you have been called by people around you as the hardest working man in comics. Like, if you were trying to remember a convention, I'm like, dude, I feel like you're at a convention every week. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did almost what did we do? Fifteen oh, last year. And we're we're going to oh do more, more issues. So, so we not only are we doing conventions, we're doing a book festival. So. Pittsburgh is doing their first ever book festival on May 14th. And we hooked up to get on into that show. So, I mean, we're doing book festivals, we're doing signings, we're doing conventions, and we're just trying to do everything. Uh, we're, we're, what we're trying to do is that, so we see that I have this new shirt on Comicsburg. So that's what, we're, that's what we call ourselves now. Yeah. So we're nice. trying to revitalize the arts in Pittsburgh. There are so many um, like, artists and writers and musicians and, and and comics and everything is going on in Pittsburgh and no one knows about it. Like people come up to our table. We didn't know you got the people make comic books in Pittsburgh. Like, yeah, of course you don't know because you know, Pittsburgh has yeah. turned into a sports town and <laughs> that's all they talk about. Like, So hopefully like the, the news will be there. So we'll get to talk about comics and it's, it, hopefully it's going to be a good time. That's, yes, awesome. that's awesome that'll be that'll be really really cool it's always great like uh, you know since i've started the podcast it's really helped me learn just locally how many people are working on stuff like this mm-hmm. and i just didn't know that that community existed and it's so exciting and i'm running out of money and i need all of you guys to stop <laughs> making stuff that i'm spending money on my my luckily my wife makes very good money but i work at the library i cannot afford this lifestyle <laughs> Oh, baby, the, the good thing is, is that you work at a library. So those some of those books are available to you to order. Exactly. The library, so then you can get all those novels and things there. I have moved quite exactly. a few of my 
uh, pull list pulls from uh, out of the big two and more into the indie space for that reason. I'm like, Batman doesn't need me to pull him. He's going to keep publishing without me. Like, it's fine. And then uh, I noticed a lot of people were saying this, but a bit, but the other problem with that is that people don't even know that these books exist. Uh, when you when when you say comics, people automatically think Marvel or DC, and they don't know these other things exist. Yeah. And and we're we're trying to shine a light on all these other things and let people know that these communities exist. Like I would say that every state probably has some kind of comic community that no one knows about. Yep, it's it, it's so hard for them to break out because you're right. And the first the first thing people hear when they think comics is they think of Marvel and DC to the point that even though some of Marvel's movies, I have found them to be kind of diverse in tone. Like someone's mm-hmm. just like, Oh yeah, all the Marvel movies, I have superhero fatigue. And I'm like, well, each movie has been kind of, you know, different. Like some of them, like, you know, the winner, look at guardians of the galaxy volume two versus like Captain yeah. America, the winter soldier. They're pretty different oh, yeah. movies. Yeah. They both have amazing actors as their lead villains, mm-hmm. uh, Robert Redford and Kurt Russell. But <laughs> like, right. it, 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 it's it's good for people to know that it's more than just the fighting and blowing shit up. There are ideas right. and philosophies like you would find in any sort of literature. Mm-hmm. Right, but the uh, blowing stuff up is always fun. But oh, absolutely! I mean, when, like when you're looking, even looking at Winter Soldier, it's it's a it's a, a political conspiracy movie. Mm-hmm. When you when you boil it down all the way, and then it's. And your Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of is your new generation. Like you, you don't want to call it that, but it is your new generation Star Wars. Yes, that's exactly how I explained Guardian the Guardians movies to someone else. Like yeah. it's a modern, it is really the modern take on Star Wars. It's a very diverse sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. And and they've done a good job with the making those things diverse, and even not even just with the style of the movie, with the color plate. Like the yeah. space movies in, in in Marvel are bright. It's, it's the Kirby. It's it's the Kirby style. Yep. And, and, and yes. in movie form, <laughs> while the Earth-based stuff is more is more darker and more uh, and less color uh, colory. But I mean, I'm really looking forward to like uh, Love and Thunder and Doctor Strange and what anything else they have coming up because oh, it's yeah. it's just so exciting now. Because when we were younger, you never believed that these kind of things. You never thought someone could take a comic book and convert it into a movie and just have this continuous thing going through these phases. You're like, oh, it's phase one. That'll be it. They'll never, they'll never do anymore. And now you're at phase four and you're like, holy crap, how, how far can they take this? How long can this go? Yeah. How, how has he, you know, it's like, how has he done it? I remember I saw a meme the other day where it was, it was a still of the scene for where Spider-Man is holding the Infinity Gauntlet and he's webbed mm-hmm. up Molyneux. And so Molyneux is pulling him. Molnir yep. for the uninitiated is Thor's hammer. I guess that's how you pronounce the word. It's such a jumble of consonants. Um, but Milnir, Milnir, Milnir. But um, someone pulled out. They're like, if ten years ago, if you had told me that I was going to see Spider-Man um, in an in his Iron Man outfit holding the Affinity mm-hmm. Gauntlet while flying <laughs> on Molnir, I would have slapped you across the face. And or even even just the uh, portal scene in, in Endgame. Like you, no oh. one, no one ever would have imagined that something like that could ever happen. No, I, I you Where, know, and I mean, I just love how they 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 built up to the Avengers Assemble. Like they yep. they they were they teased they it, they teased it. it, they teased it, and then Ugh. it just happens. It's they just the greatest, so like the greatest good. thing you ever seen. Like 
can it get any better than this? And they and they're and they're seeing that then Spider-Man uh came along the uh, No Way Home and they topped it. I'm like, how do you top that? Man, I know no way it's all so good. I was like that about I can't No Way Home it. and Avengers Endgame. I both were like, that's how you do fan service. The final battle mm-hmm. in Endgame is a completely avoidable plot point. But it's so good. And they make it feel natural. It's a natural occurrence of like the events at hand. And it was the same thing with No Way Home. No Way Home has all these little tiny things for those of us who've been watching since Tobey Maguire Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. these nods and winks. But then like it but it all feels purposeful. Like it it's earned that. Um Mm -hmm. another meme while we're at it was it was um it was Spider-Man 3 emo Parker um, in front of Tony Stark. Yes. And it said, I am yeah. the first MCMU movie now. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. That's funny. Oh no, it's, it's true. true. <laughs> oh no, it is. Uh, so oh, and, until they pull in, um, uh, was David Hasselhoff as Nick Cage, and then he'll be the first. <laughs> Man, um, if they pull in, uh, uh, wait, Nick Cage. Not Nick Cage. Uh, oh, Nick, I'm sorry, Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Oh, wow. I was just like, I was so I, confused. I, I was I like, what are I'm we talking about? I'm very excited about? for the new Nick Cage movie and unbearable way to make some talent. But I yeah. need him to be I Nick watch Cage that now. A lot, though. That's why I had Nick Cage. On. Yeah. Um, oh my god. That's man, so, if they that's do funny. that, then they also if they do that in a multiverse thing, if they could yeah. bring. Um, Dolph Lundgren back it's like the Punisher <laughs> and they bring oh man um Lou Ferrigno's still alive he's actually going to be here in North Little Rock um, yeah. in a couple weekends and if bring really Lou Ferrigno like painted as the Hulk back in go full 80s with it you know there was a Daredevil and Thor in a yeah. Incredible Hulk made for TV movie um that are just it they look terrible but I, yeah, I was, was like awful. bring bring them back <laughs> I mean, Patrick Stewart's in Multiverse of Madness, and they yeah. won't say who he is. Is he really? It's, huh. it's a it's a secret. That's why. I see, that. that's the spoiler. That's that's one of the things I'm going. I'm going to. That's why I have to see this movie. But I'm not going to be able to see it on Thursday. I have to wait till Friday, and it's it's like, oh man, I have to avoid spoilers for a whole entire day. Yeah, like I mm-hmm. like I should probably. I know my wife wants to see it too, but I'm off Friday, and I'm kind of like. Sorry, baby, I'm gone. <laughs> I care about the spoiler. You don't. Yeah. Megan, yeah. we're off Somebody, Friday. Somebody's going to spoil it. Somebody's. Well, okay. So I work half a day Friday, and I'm off Saturday. Yeah, but I can't do Saturday because that's free comic book day, and I'll be at the yep. comic shop. <laughs> yep. I have a friend visiting from Memphis. Oh man. So well, I took Saturday off. But I have half a day off, and I could go see it. We'll plan that one. I kind of want to go during the day. Non podcast part of the time. <laughs> okay, sorry. Like, yeah, we've gotten real up on a tangent. But yeah, um, sorry guys. Oh no, let us tell you our entire weekly schedule. Yes. So I'll be here at this time and this day. My stalker can find me. Yeah. Uh, so, anywho, no one wants to stalk you, Marcus. I'm sorry. <laughs> that hurts. Somebody does. <laughs> Why do why do old so. why do people from high school keep adding me on Facebook? Um, hmm. You do the moms at the library do kind of like you. We're not going to talk it's about a little that. Creepy. <laughs> we're going to we're going to avoid that conversation. <laughs> library groupies. Yeah, library groupies. Like oh, he could tell us with the nonfiction. Lol. Before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um. So anywho, and 
so Marvin, since it's been a while, I don't know if your plans have changed or not, but what are some of your future plans to get us back on track completely? What are some of your future plans for the edge? We, we've been like just throwing things against the wall recently and just seeing what we can get to stick. So for the last, like since 2020, when, when, um, COVID happened and I had a lot of time to sit and think about things. And when we were doing these things, we were investing in other people. So we created the Indie Network Group where I, I kind of like spearhead a lot of things. So I, I did a lot of licensing stuff and shared that information with the group, uh, marketing and stuff like that, shared that information with the group. And I said, I was thinking that, why don't we just make a show? So we are this summer going to start filming what we're calling it for right now from script to store, uh, like the journey of making a comic book. So so I don't know how many parts it's going to be, but it's going to be uh, pretty much filming as like going to the comic shop, talking to the people in the shops, uh, talking to the customers, and then me taking some of that data back and then saying, okay, I'm writing this script and I'm writing the script. I'm handing it off to Mark to do the art. Mark is sending me back the art. I'm readjusting the script for it, for make sure the dialogue fits. We're then sending that to Luis or Edward or whomever to do colors. And then after that, it goes to James for letters. People don't understand that process. So I'm going to, we want to do a whole entire series mm-hmm. on the whole entire process, all the blood, sweat, and tears and multiple tears that I, that we go through as we're trying to create oh, a I better book. see you cry in this video. <laughs> it's, going, it's going to be oh, like damn, that, that, awesome. that old littering commercial with the Native American where the tear comes out. Oh, no. I want to have like a little plastic oh, tear no. off. My face tear. Oh no, I forgot about that commercial. <laughs> where things don't work Oof. out when we're trying to do it because it happens. Like I, I've scrapped so much stuff. But what I tell people is don't ever throw it out because the story I was talking about, the uh, Rush story, was actually originally part of the first four issues. And it, it wasn't working at all, at all, because we had to remove blame from the main story and give him his own story. And it was just, this is just dragging on. So I pulled it out and talking to Mark, we decided, okay, let's just give it its own its own one shot. So it became this, this whole entire thing by itself where we can do a 45 page one shot instead of like taking up multiple pages in a book and just throws the whole entire book off because we had this character going off on his own journey while there's a whole other stories going on. It just, this, it became more of a, less of a subplot in its own plot. And you can't have that, but you can't have multiple plots in a single story because it just throws things off the rails that people don't know which path to follow. So it, that's actually part of the story where I, where I go and, and I'm going to show I'm just going to rip this out and put it somewhere else because it's just not working. I mean, it's it's that thing where you have to buckle down and make it that decision and say that this does not work. You're reading it and like, it just sounds stupid. It just doesn't make sense that this one character would decide to leave the team Wolverine style and just go off and do his own thing in the same book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be like, it's mm-hmm. like, like it's in, you're in X-Men and, um, Sabretooth has escaped and all the X-Men are like trying to go get him. And then something happens. Wolverine's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go do something else while you guys take care of this guy. And it just becomes this whole entire journey of him going off and doing something else while they're trying to go after Sabretooth. Like, this doesn't make sense. Why is this happening? Yeah, it doesn't flow. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, 
and I'm glad you were able to find that these one shots were options. And it reminds me of like, that's how Le, uh, Jeff Lemire kind of handled black hammer. Uh, his mm-hmm. initial run was he had about five issues and he introduced ideas and he character names, but he didn't spend time dwelling on those. And then mm-hmm. I, he had these little one shots in between that would detail what was going on in that world. Um, you know, Sherlock Frankenstein, uh, Cthulhu, which is a hilarious character. It's a guy. It's like a oh, regular average <laughs> Joe, and he runs into basically Cthulhu, and mm-hmm. his name is Lou. So right. it's Cthulhu-Lou. <laughs> and don't worry, he has a daughter who has this, and because he has now has like a Cthulhu oh, no. face. Well, then he mm-hmm. has a daughter, and her book later on they introduce is Cthulhu Louise. <laughs> it's <laughs> <No>. so good, <laughs> but no. I mean, he took that That's same painful. sort of idea of just like you know, like here's more so everyone can understand where characters are going, but let's not take mm-hmm. away from the main story at hand. Right. Um, I mean, it it becomes a chore because now you're having to not only take this character from where he's at and put him somewhere else. But now you have to create subplots around that because now you have to introduce all these new characters into the story. And it's like, oh man, this is so bad. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> and then one of the things that we're like, I don't, I don't know how uh, this is going to go. So we are actually talking with a streaming service. It's called Heroes Lab about um, carrying the, the, the series. Um, and we're we're in negotiations, and we're we're trying to, f- to figure out how these things work and everything like that because I've never done this before. So right now they carry the edge as a as the comic as a digital comic on there. So we're talking with them about being the the host of, of the series and trying to do a lot of different things. So I I want to do it with singular with me and then get like hand it off to other creators um, for them to do something similar, and then I want to come back. And then do a this is how it started like i want to go back and dive back into my old notebooks when my stuff was trash and like you know how like artists do that all the time where they show when i was eight or when i was 10 here's my art and then here's mm-hmm. i want to do that with a writer and say that when i was younger this is the stuff i wrote i created characters that had no backstory they had no lives they were just a power like oh this is guy who whose powers activated at the Olympics because he was swinging on the uneven bars. I'm like, that's dumb. Like, wow. <laughs> so he like blows a roof, uh, like blows a hole in the roof of the arena. And they're like, oh, arrest this guy. He's a terrorist. And it's oh, just, it was just, it was enough, there was no, there was no substance there. So I think in my earlier days, I think I created like 400 characters and most of them did not survive the cut down. So we went from 400 characters to like 20 or 30 now. And each one of those Whoa. characters has a valid backstory. They're full-fledged characters. They're not just an ability. And then you're like, okay, so what else? Like, who who are their parents? Like, mm-hmm, they just got powers. I don't know what they else they do. They got a job. They do stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, it's 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 runaway. It's a runaway thing. I think with a lot with me. And I want other creators to talk about that kind of stuff and say that when I started, this was trash. And it, just admit it, because it is. You know, you know it was bad. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like you hand it off to someone, and they're just like grinning. And like, if you have you ever seen the movie um, Funny Farm with Chevy with Chevy Chase? Oh, it's been so long. Where he he's a writer, mm-hmm. and they go 
to they 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 go they move out of the city so he can write and he hands his wife the story and she hates it and she doesn't want to tell him she's like your story is she said it's bad she said she didn't she didn't want to go past the first five pages or so because it was so bad she said in the first 10 pages you had two flash forwards a, a flashback and a flash sideways and she said it was awful <laughs> and he got mad and i'm like i wanted someone to tell me that and no one would tell me that like i would mm-hmm. i would hand it off to friends and family like there was a guy who owned a store in the corner store recently i let him read it and they all said they liked it i'm like you guys are lying to me right now this awful. <laughs> tell me the truth tell me what you know i remember the first experience i had with that so like in high school i totally there was somewhere online there's a bunch of short stories i wrote and if anyone ever finds it i'm gonna find amazing them first. um and ensure they never get out <laughs> but i took a creative writing class in college and I had that experience where when someone fun i mean the first story like we as a class talked about everyone's stories like the assignments mm-hmm. to go read each other's oh, stories gosh. come back together and my first story someone was like this is not good and i was like <laughs> Oh no! Oh, <laughs> oh no! Good thing you don't see my old stuff. But it was <laughs> yeah. such a great way for me to. By the time we got to the end of that class, I was that the last story I turned in. I remember people were like, "This is so different from what you originally started out with," and I became a better writer because of it. It people aren't being mean. That like sometimes it's just honest, and that some you have to decide like. Sometimes it's all about taste. Everyone has different tastes, but mm-hmm. you always need to look at it critically. And it's hard to look at your own stuff critically because you right. have so much more going on in here than maybe came out on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that, that's true. But, uh, but what you want someone to do is to not only not look at the the kind of the end and the beginning, you want that path. Mm-hmm. Does the story make sense? Like back to the example with funny form is like, you're, he's writing something and he thinks it's hilarious. He's like watching her read it. He's cracking up laughing and she's not laughing. She looks mad. Like, this is stupid. Like you're, you're going in too many directions. And that's how I felt when I had to pull the Blaine story out of the script. Like it was going in too many directions and I, I it was too much heavy lifting uh, for me in the story and for the characters that like if the characters could talk, they could probably tell me, dude, stop what you're doing. Cause it's not working. Good. Do something different. Please, please help us. <laughs> That's all. I mean, I I am really excited to see that journey. Um, please let us know whenever that goes out. I'm following you on everything imaginable online, so I'll keep up with <laughs> that for sure. Things. And because that just sounds like something I think would be good for anyone to see, especially anyone interested in telling stories in any medium. Well, I mean, and that and that's what we're about now. And and one of the things that we've discovered is the lack of new voices, and what we're trying to not only as readers of books but creators of comics and other things that there's no the new generation doesn't exist um so we're trying to um like mentor and bring new people into the fold and show them how to how to do these crafts because when i first started doing comics i didn't know i didn't know what i was doing i mean it was it was catch as can and no there was no data out there the internet was new we were still on america online so that data wasn't available um, it was just, like I said, it was just Marvel and DC running the show. And I didn't know, how do you get a, a comic book printed? Where do you go? Like, as far we only knew one printer, uh, Quebecer in Canada. And we didn't know how, like, and in that stead, you had to spend thousands of dollars to get books printed because it was, it was just a single print run. You had to print thousands of books and like, we didn't have money for that. 
And then you had digital printers finally popped up and then it became open for people. And the quality is almost the same between the offset and the digital. So, I mean, we wish, I just want to make it so that other people who want to get into this can get into it and they get into it easily and they can hone their craft. We, we want to try to make sure that people are doing their best and not just settling for, uh, it's okay. I'll just put it out there. It's okay. No, we want to be good at what you're doing. Like you could put hundred percent of your energy into it and hundred percent we will get back. Well, you know, I remember looking at just like trying to find like good definitive sources on making comics and understanding them. And literally those are the two titles to the only two good books, understanding <laughs> right. comics and making comics by Scott McCloud it's are the only it. two high quality sources of how does this medium even work that Dang. you can find. And they were published, I think it was the early nineties. Um, and like, that's, that's really it. And, you know, this, I feel like this medium is really blowing up and it's seeing a grand Mm -hmm. resurgence in popularity. Um, surely partially and no thanks to, you know, I I could crap on Marvel and DC all I want, but Marvel Cinematic Universe has surely helped it. I mean, I got, I got picked on for wearing a Spider-Man shirt in high school. And now if you wear a Spider-Man shirt in high school, you're just another poser who wants to be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You look like everyone else. It's fine. Um, So much. So that is going to be an exciting journey to see. I mean, that kind of covers, you know, everything I was curious about. I was curious what else you were working mm-hmm. at. seems like you have lots of huge projects. You are continuing to keep your moniker of the hardest working man in comics alive mm-hmm. and well. I hope that one day, like, that is just, you know, you know, like in video games, you have, like, your character's name, and you can put a title yeah. beneath it on some MMOs. That's what <laughs> your title, you're going to have that above your name everything yeah. you do. That's very good. <laughs> well, I mean, what I can say is that it's, you do these things because you have the knowledge and I, to me, knowledge should be given away freely. I, I don't want to put things behind a paywall or have someone pay me to do these things because I mean, it, it should be free. I want, I want everyone to experience these things and not feel like that. Oh, this guy is just looking for some, some cash or something like that. No, I want, I, I just, like I said, we want, we need to revitalize the pool mm-hmm. and you're not going to do that if you're, harboring or hiding information for people like i'm like mentoring multiple like new creators right now on on stuff that they're doing and they're they're flourishing because they they just want to get out there and and show that they can do these things and do these conventions and try different things and not be stuck in this mold of there's only one way to do things you're talking to two library workers so we love you (laughs) yeah I love that. That's something that not a lot of creators would do, I would say. No, they, I mean, no, they don't. That's why so. I, I know, like, a lot of creators. Well, that's, I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole thing. I was about to talk about Substack a little bit. I'm not going to get into that whole thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is always good to freely share your talents with others and, you know, not be like, oh, yeah, cool. I'll show you more. I mean, mm-hmm. it's great that if you can get paid to do some of that, but don't lock everything you have behind that, right. uh, you know, give. Uh, that's what's going right. to make the so, world a better place. So we are actually, like, we've been talking, like, the woman who runs um, the uh, book festival, we were talking about her doing some, like, going to, like, schools and doing panels on comics. Uh, we we were supposed to do one called, we were doing on villains, like, like comparison between real-life villains and comic book villains, like your Lex Luthor and your Donald Trump and uh, your other billionaires and, and the way they act like comic book villains sometimes. 
like you, I wasn't. I believe there was a case where I don't. I, I don't know if it was Bill Gates or someone else who was talking about the stop global warming. We need to block out the sun. Like that's comic book villain stuff. Yeah. So like, no one, no one, Mr. no one Burns does thinks, that in The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh no! Like we're going to cool down the earth by blocking the sun. Like that's villain stuff. Okay, Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean and we want to do those kind of things I mean, we just want to like say is that we want we want to revitalize it by showing that it's not just spider-man batman that can there are things that can flourish in the in these environments and we know that it's something that uh when you look when you go out to these movies and i've seen a few comic book stores set up in the lobby and i think that one at least one comic book store should be doing that uh, at a theater when these movies come out, setting up a, a booth in the lobby and giving out even yeah. out Spider-Man comics. Like Marvel should be sending them Spider-Man comics to give out or Captain America comics to give out at these. Like I've seen them, I've seen like some of them. Like we did a premiere, that. we did a premiere for Captain America First Avenger and they were giving out uh, Ron Garney's um, Cap one Captain America comics. But I mean, it can't, it wouldn't cost them any, any a lot of money to, to print these things and just give them away and just, and then have like in the back of the book is a coupon to use at any comic store in the city, like 15% off, whatever you go to the store and you add, like you say, Hey, do you, are you guys accepting this? They should say yes, but they can say no. But I mean, it's something you have to, you have to bring new people. No comic book stores after the last two years are saying no I to business. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. You've got like I love millions that. of people are watching these movies and you need to go backwards and say that, now that you watch this movie, continue the adventure at your local comic shop. It needs to be it. Mm -hmm. They yes. did it with the they did it with the Batman. I saw that. They were doing DC was Dang. advertising the comics in um in the trailer with the Batman. At a, a few I don't know was it was at LV movie theater, but you have to pay like like you say pay it for it, pay it backwards. Like like we and you need mm -hmm. to not only that, but make sure these creators that, who create these characters are taken care of. Like all these conventions, a lot of them is doing is like we're bringing in the actor who plays Black. Uh, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not going I'm not picking on Ryan Reynolds, but they'll bring in him to, to these conventions and be Deadpool. What about the guys who created Deadpool? What about Rob Liefeld? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. like, no, I feel like, you. Respect backwards to these, like you. I don't know if you recently saw the story. Um, with the character who's in Doctor Strange. Um, oh, America, America Chavez. yeah, Chavez, yeah. Where I almost they, said America Ferreira, different. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say it too. That's what I was saying <laughs> in my head. But like they wanted to give the guy who created the character pennies and he turned it down. Yeah. Like respect these creators. Like these these actors are making millions of dollars to make these movies and the people who created the character get- And the movies are bringing so, in billions now. Yeah. I mean like yeah. an un- godly amount of money like at this point it's not a risk to make a marvel thing even the yeah. worst marvel movie has still made bank and the worst marvel yeah. movie is still okay at least like right yeah marvel you you have the staying power to where you can give to those creators mm -hmm. something that isn't going to be referred to as shut up money not yeah. even hush money anymore shut right. up money <laughs> Oh, this man. is a little, little, little bit of change in their purse or something. <laughs> was it? Was it? Throw a coin to your Witcher. Do something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> toss a coin to your creator. Um, like just, just this is. It's just the respect that that I, I think that's missing in, in that in that factor. Absolutely. Of, like 
like you you'll you'll bring in the actor bring the creator too let them get some shine. Nobody knows who created these characters. Like they don't, like everybody thinks every Marvel character was created by Stan Lee. They were created by Marvel. John Marvel. John Marvel. <laughs> I've gone on this rant several times about how the, really the creator behind everything we know and love about Batman died penniless and alone yeah. without any credit. <laughs> and it's only because a documentarian went and dug into it and pushed his remaining fit living family to fight dc yeah. does he now receive any sort of credit but i mean like even was it uh i know I remember we're looking at some behind the scenes stuff for the first batman film with michael keaton bob kane mm-hmm. who was credited as a creator was at least brought onto the set to be like yo isn't this yeah. great and I mean <laughs> something and i know ed brubaker didn't create bucky barnes but I believe he's who's responsible for the Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. So like, like, you know, do something <laughs> and like yeah. talk about it. I don't know. Right. I think I think that it's in their contract. They get a walk-on role or something in, in the movie. I think that's one of their incentives. Mm. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I just so I'm, hopefully this thing is is changing. I know that there's there's that lawsuit out um, for the families of these of these characters and. It really, it's something that that needs to change in the contract. You create a character. I know that it's work for hire, but there should be some kind of package. You should get something if they're if they go on merchandise, especially like toys. Toys sell. Yeah. You make a lot of money off those toys. So, like just a, a couple, like a couple thousand dollars. It's not it's not going to hurt them <laughs> to give give that stuff up. Yeah, I mean, if if we make, you know, like the guy who created the Legion of Superheroes, you know, was it I think Bouncing Boy, like. Yeah. You know, if he, there's a certain dollar amount to where if, like, toys or something with him in it crosses a certain amount, you'll mm-hmm. get a certain percentage. Like, it even, even at least that. So that way, you know, yeah. like, they can still use the character in, like, the background for something or, you know, like, Justice League Unlimited use several characters in the background. But if they were to blow up like the Guardians of the Galaxy, who the hell saw that coming? Nobody. Right. When Guardians right. of the Galaxy came out, didn't no. nobody know who any of those characters were. And nope. now and then, and a, and a talking raccoon in a tree. And it's good. Yeah, like no one knew they were gonna cry at the end of that movie, but yeah. here we are. <laughs> so, you know, give them something. Anyways. Yeah. Well, um, that is at right at about time uh, for us today. Marvin, is there anything else that you want to share before we close out for today? Uh, I just make sure that on, uh, so we're moving to May 12th. Um, and the reasoning is that I wanted to make sure that this was 100% perfect. I mean, I could have launched this Wednesday, but I don't feel like it's ready. I feel like there's a few other things that we could put in there to make it make it great. And so that's why we had to push it. And we just needed more time to do some more promotion and things like that. And it also helps me. So it'll r- actually run through uh, Three Rivers Comic Con, which uh, we're going to, we're actually kicking off the from script to store thing there. So we're, there'll be a panel um, about that. So we'll be talking about it there. And just make sure that you're getting onto this Kickstarter and that you're supporting these indie creators because we're the blood, sweat, and tears that we're putting into these these products. I mean, and I just hope that everyone is enjoying them and knowing that we can do whatever we want. We don't have anybody holding our back. That's awesome. That's 
fantastic reporting works. I'm hoping I'm going to look up the Three Rivers comic panel that you're talking about to see if maybe they're even doing a uh, digital version of it too so we can kind of stream it on our page or something. Um, awesome. Because I think that story is something that everyone needs to see and hear about. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be it for us this week. Marvin, thank you again for visiting with us. Thanks and for having me. Meg, thank you for listening to us. Nerd out. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. And we will see everyone <laughs> next week here at the VF Comics and Graphics Podcast.